When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Boom, we're on. Yes, and today's guest, we've got James Quinn McDonough. How are you, brother? Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm glad to be asked on the show. You know, I look up, uh, I follow you a lot on uh, the old uh, YouTube channels, and I hear nothing good, everything, I should say, everything good about you, nothing bad, and um, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. You're named um, King of the Travellers. I know you don't like that, but you're an undefeated bare-knuckle fighter. Undefeated as in... Uh, on the day, I was just a better man to fight, but it doesn't mean I was better than every man or any man, but just, uh, I was lucky on the day, I believe. Yeah, you know? your reputation's very well liked and very high in the travelling community. And outside the travelling community, your book, Knuckle. Knuckle, yes. And the documentary, Powerful, um, obviously watched hundreds of thousands of times. People know your name. Can that be difficult then if you become an undefeated fighter in the travel community? Does people then want to call you out and try and slay the, basically the king? It's what it is. It, it's you know, it's good for to get it out there and to get uh, you know get the book done and get the the documentary done and you know be be recognised as as a good fighter. But the problem there is that you get more challenges and you get more challenges one after the other, and then you keep accepting you'll be fighting every day. So what I've done was I tried to put higher prices on the fights to back people off, not because I wanted to win the money off. I just didn't want to fight type thing. So what happened happened and. Um, I'm just uh, happy where I am at the moment, not fighting. And, um, you know, at a later stage, and as you move on in years, then you start getting challenges where you hit a certain age and you're over the hill for fighting. Where some, Sometimes you, you can be challenged every day, but you just ignore them now. Yeah. I don't even reply to them anymore. Mm-hmm. I always go back to the start of my guest, brother. Where did you yeah. grow up and how it all began? Um, born in Mullingar, County Westmead, Southern Ireland. Reared and be, went to school for a little bit of schooling I'd done in Dundalk, County Loud. Southern Ireland. How was your schooling that you went for? How long did you, you know go? You know what? I'd be, be honest and realistic is what I like to be. Is We only went to school for, uh, basically was for the, the religious facts. Just get the Holy Communion confirmation. After that, we took out of school and 
put, put to work with our parents in, in the day. Back in the 70s, you know, you couldn't, kid, travelling kids didn't have the, the full education to go further on. And what we done was we went out and we helped the family in the farm work. Yes, what age did you start working? I started about 12, 12 yeah, even maybe a bit younger. And you were bullied as a kid as well? I was bullied as a kid. Um, you know, I bullied in school, for a little bit of schooling I'd done. I was bullied on the streets. But um, 90% of the bullies, I went back and I bullied... Well, I didn't bully them, but I went back and I got them and educated them for not to be bullied anymore, you know? But what, 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 I, what, I, like about, um, what I like about when I talk about bullying and anti-bullying campaigns now is, you know, I'd done a number of um, interviews and a number of speeches in colleges and schools in, in a few different areas and countries... And what I like to do is I like to pinpoint the bully, find him, get him, and try and use reverse psychology on him and try and get him to protect the victims. And he doesn't realise that I know that he's the bully. So if I try and switch it and say, I, I pinpoint you, you look like a good guy, I need you, or a girl and whatever, I need you to protect such a person. And say, you know, why, why would you ask me that? He d- they don't realise I know that they're the bully. So a, re- a reversal on them, and then that... Oh, they understand where, where it goes from there then. Yeah. Did you have a big family growing up, James? We are three brothers, three sisters, but extended family, about 400. <laughs> Plus. Yeah. yeah. How was it in the travelling community growing up? In my, I was born in 1967. Um, rough. It was very, very rough, you know. Um, facilities, you know, we living on the side of the roads. Uh, lived in barrel-top wagons. I was born and, you know... Um, and my first day in, uh, out of the hospital, I was in a barrel-top bar wagon. And from that, we lived in tents on the side of the road. It, it was an enjoyable life, very enjoyable. We, I enjoyed it as a kid, but I don't think the parents enjoyed it because of the hardship and, and the way of living and, you know, moving from one area to another, looking for farm work or farmhand work and scrap metal and all that. And then, obviously, you know, every traveller um, is not a bad person. We all get, you know, tarnished by the one brush where good travellers, bad travellers, but we, you know, you're not welcome in a lot of areas. You're not welcome in a lot of areas, and that's a big problem for travellers. Why is that? How does that... Why is that? Because of the reputation? It's because of the reputation of travellers being rowdy, travellers being uh, violent, travellers being thefts or whatever, but not all travellers, not all travellers are that way. It's a small minority in a very small minority again. You know, it's 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 a thing where we where people need to get to know us. People need to speak to us and judge us and, and mingle with us. And when they get to know individual travellers, they will understand that we're all not like the ones that you see are portrayed as bad. Yeah. It must be difficult, though, because I know a couple of travelling boys and tough fucking boys, man, but they, they and their family keep themselves to themselves. It's a very community where not many people get in. No, you see, it, it, is, um, it, is, it has been recognised uh, a few years back in Southern Ireland as an ethnic group now. We've been recognised as an ethnic group by the Irish government. And we are a very close-knit families, uh, the travelling community. They, it's very hard for to accept someone in. We accept that, right? But there is that traveller, there is travellers out there who want to get settled down, want to integrate with, with uh, pubs, clubs, restaurants, um, the general settled community where they don't have that option because your doors are now not open to us. Where previously it was our doors was closed to you guys, now it's starting to be the other way around where we, we want to get in and mingle with the settled community. Our, we find that the barriers are there. Yeah. Was it difficult though, like being a traveller and other people's opinion on you? Was there, is there a sense of more bullying there that people think you're like an outsider? I, I just, 
when I was growing up, I'm not saying now, you know, it's times are changing, thank God, but when I was growing up, we were classed as, you know, third-rate citizens. We weren't recognised as... We, nobody wanted us anywhere at any time. Councillors, uh, local authorities, nobody were shoved from one area to another because no one wanted us as their problem. Instead of trying to fix the problem and get a solution for the problem, we were pushed out and pushed on to other areas at all times. Yeah, so he's moved, a lot, moved along a lot. That can be disheartening though as well if that's you're why, setting that's up. That's why we're called travelling people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you eventually get used to that, James? No, I'm, not, I'm trying to settle down at the moment. I'm settled down. Um, I do like travelling. I travel. I try and travel in the summers now, but it's getting uh, locations to travel. You know, at the end of the day, it's illegal now to travel on side. Uh, you know, park on side of roads and travellers are still doing it um, because it's in their blood to do it. But I do think there, you know, there should be some sort of a a guideline where we can do and what we can't do, but we don't have anyone that would help us out in that situation. Do you think eventually in maybe in 10, 20 years' time that there might never be any more travellers in the UK because obviously so many rules and yeah. regulations? You know what, James? To be honest, travelling... Travel will never die out in us. It's in our blood, what we do and what we, what, what we are. But more and more and more, we're getting integrated into the housing, into permanent... Um, Travelling sites into permanent um, yards, uh, travel yards into into permanent apartments. Well, once you get settled in there and once you get get used to it, you tend to not leave it. So it is going to die out. Um, that not to travel way of life, not within ourselves, within our communities, but within the way we used to live. It's it's not there anymore. Yeah, I see. It must be good as well to live off grid a bit. Just nobody knows where your next move is or where you're going. It's lovely. We we, we enjoy it. I, I I enjoyed it. I like I like I like the open space. I like the country. I like moving about because. I was like, I'm, I'm 53 years old, so I, I know, I remember way back from the days of moving around, but the younger lads now, they just, they're more into, you know, living in their apartments, living in their yards, never moving around. Just, okay, some of them live in caravans, but they never travel. So they call themselves a traveller, yes, they are, in the blood and in the heritage, but not in mobility. Yeah, some of the caravans, though, are stunning. Some of them are better than houses. Oh, yeah, yeah. So but they're, you know what? They're as expensive as houses, some of them. Yeah. You know, you can pay a good 100, 100 grand, 120 grand for a good chalet. Yeah. So that they are expensive. Yeah. So when you started getting into the fighting, Jamesy, what's, um, what age were you then? Do you know what? Um, I started fighting after the first experience of being bullied. Uh, you know, I my dad took me, God rest him, he took me over to the local boxing club in Dublin, Darndale Boxing Club, and introduced me to the the guy, Joe, Joe Russell, who trained, who worked there at the time, still does, and um, he took me on, and um, he's given me a chance to do what I need to do, and I've had a very successful, when I say successful, I didn't have that many fights in the amateur, amateurs, I've had about, uh, I think it was 18 fights only, I've lost the first and lost the last, I fought for Dublin, won the, won the, the County Dublins, won a lot of won all the, the local things, and then I was due to fight for my first All Ireland title, and uh, so be it. We decided to move to England. My dad on the thirteenth of April, nineteen eighty four, we decided to up and go as being travellers. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We went where the work was. My dad had to take us to England. And that was the end of my boxing career as an amateur. Yeah. How was the move from Ireland to England? I enjoyed it. Again, you know, as, as, a, as a teenager at the time, it was, a, it was all an adventure. It was an adventure. You know, I think it was my first time on a ferry and then travelling through Wales and then going, we went all around Peterborough, Cambridge, Oxfordshire, Milton Keynes, all the areas we enjoyed it. Like prior to that, we were just travelling in local areas in Ireland. But over here was a vast country at the time. And, and we really enjoyed as a teenager growing up. I enjoyed travelling to the UK. When did your street credit start rising when you started the, the bare knuckle fighting? Yeah, it didn't start, um, well, I want to say, it didn't start when I was younger. It started about 26, 27. So quite late? I, yeah, yeah, I always I always liked doing a little bit of boxing, um, but I've never, I've had a few fights that wasn't uh, recorded and all that, but um, it really started uh, at my sister's wedding. Um, there was a bit of trouble at sister's wedding, and my first fight started at that wedding, and then a couple of days later I was re-challenged, and I took that fight, and I moved on from there. Yeah, so that's what it started just as the well. 1993, yeah. yeah. That's about 26 or something. So somebody came in, caused trouble, and you stepped up to the plate? Exactly, something, something like that. Yeah. You know. So what happens there when you win a fight then in Bernard well, Corner Travel Community? Is that when people then want a piece of you and think when, they can when, beat when you? you? If, if and when you win a fight, if and when you win a fight, what happens there, James, is that um, you get re-challenged by someone from that family. And this is not just my experience. This experience from all travelling men. If they win a fight, somebody wants to take them down. You know, and the more to try and take you down and the more you're winning is the bigger the pedestal and the bigger the challenges and the bigger the money yeah. and it goes on from there. What was the buzz like for you, your first fight, Bare Knuckle? Um, you know, when they say you got um, butterflies, I had seagulls, you know, they're that big. It was just like every, emotions all over the place. Um, you know, wondering, you know, you have to understand that you're not just fighting for yourself or your wife or kids. You're fighting for your whole clan. You're going out there representing your clang. Regardless what clang you are, you could be anybody in the UK or Ireland, you're fighting for that clang. Whatever surname you are, you've got all of those guys to answer to when you go back. Yeah. You seem to have got quite embarrassed when people used to put you on the pedestal. But you're uh, all- yeah, yeah, I don't like that. I, I, what it is, I don't... That part of it is, you know, that is for, you know, world champions. That's for my uh, Tyson Fury and them. They were there and all that. Where me, I've had a couple of vertical fights. Yes, I enjoyed it when I won it. But I would rather be known for something else. And let's be honest, I'd rather be known for doing a good deed for someone instead of what, I, what, I, what, what I'm known for. Yeah. What's the rules for the bare knuckle fight? Because it seems quite fair. You've got a couple of referees. It gets split in every hold. I've seen a couple of fights, though, in your documentary when people are biting each other. Yeah. What is the rules? Preferably what it is, you've got, if you're challenged, you accept the challenge. Then the way it should be, the way it always has been, is... You get one one referee man, he gets a referee man, you two cameramen, 
and that's it out the road. But a lot of people start, you know, turning up now. But we try and organise it where there's only one referee on each side, one cameraman, and the referees have got full responsibility to fight. If they think you've been beaten enough, they can call the fight, yeah. even though you don't want to call it. If they think that there's a foul, as in someone headbutting, kicking or biting, they can disqualify you. Um, there's no rounds, no no breaks, um, no timeouts. Just fight till one says he puts his hand out or he's on the ground and can't get up. Yeah, even when because a lot of money seems to be involved, like ten thousand, fifty thousand, hundred thousand. Some of these fights, who holds the money? Is it referees? The referees, the referees, and their 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 men, their seconds would hold the money. Fights can range from a thousand pounds up to a couple hundred grand. You know, there was fights there, there was 180, 200,000 pound purse. And that's a lot of money for any family to lose. So what, what the referees try and do is they try and come together, each referee, and say, look, let's, let this fight go for a little bit. Let them, let them burn off steam, but no family wants to... Because it, the one guy doesn't put the money up, it's the families, okay? Yeah. So the families don't want to lose 80, 90 grand, yeah? So it'll be really bad blood for years after that if, if someone takes your money. So what the referees try and do is... Let them fight for a few minutes, let them blow off a bit of steam, and then try and get them to shake hands so everyone gets their money back. No loss, no one lost. So everyone's kind of a little bit mellow about yeah. it. Yeah. Does that money ever excite you to think you could come out of retirement? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Too old for that shit. No, no. I, uh, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy watching the fights now. I enjoy talking about them and, you know, having given my own a 10 pence worth of uh, opinion on it. But no, to fight again. Never. Yeah, I know Never. you've had feuds with um, back in the day, the Nivens and the Joyce's. It's been well documented. I know it's is everything. Everything's kosher there. You know Good. what? Um, I do speak to the Nivens and I do speak to the Joyce's, and some of the Joyce's and Nevins are, are actually family of ours. You know, so yeah. It's all good there at the moment, and everyone's kind of you know speaking on good terms, yeah. which is not a bad thing. Um, I think ninety percent of what did happen should never have happened. You know, the feuding between ourselves and and the other two clients, um, I'm glad and I'm happy that's put to bed and mm-hmm. long may it last. How was that though when the feud started? How did that affect you? You know, you know what? It's it affects you in different ways. It affects everybody in different ways. Something that I was worried about because you know, prior to that there was feuds going back with my dad and previous before then then they die away. There's a plaster put on them for a while and they die out. But you know when it, when something starts, James, that it's going to last. You know, you've got to live with it then for the next three or four years. Then you're worried about your own sons coming up and your nephews and your grandsons. Is this a never-ending story? Is this going to continue for the rest of your life, his life and their lives? When does it stop? So luckily, thank God, it's it's actually been put to bed at the moment. Yeah, because it must be difficult, like you say, when travellers, it's in their blood to travel. It's also in their blood to fight. So even though there's always peace, when you've got nephews and sons coming up, they want to follow in <coughs> the, the footsteps thing, of their dad. The first thing a traveller does when he learns how to walk, and this is being honest, is he learns how to fight. Well, he tries to learn how to fight. Some of them can, some of them can't. There's some great fighting men out there of all clangs, you know. But the first thing you ever do is you've got to be able to hold your hands up. And two reasons. It's not to be bullied or not to be picked on. And if you're challenged or if your dad is challenged, you step in his place and things like that. Yeah. So you, you do it. You do it, you have to learn, or you have to at least be seen to learn to be able to box. Yeah, because it must be difficult as well. It's a second religion. Yeah, all families coming together and fighting. Was there no time that you could get all the the heads of the families to come together and and kind of come to an agreement, or these people just love to fight? No, you you do always get, and which is a brilliant thing, you do get the older clang, um, 
you know, people that's got a reputation in um, mediation and speaking and, and talking terms, you do get those from other families coming in to speak about the issues. What can be settled? Can we do it? Can we sort this? I'll go to that family, he'll go to that family, they'll come back, and then the phone calls will be made and peace are made. And sometimes that peace can last for years, more times it can last for a weekend. Yeah. That's how but if you're winning, that must be hard on other families then because they just want revenge. Yeah, it, 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 in any family, James, in any family, if any family is losing, they always want to try and, and try and get get one back on you. And that's how it works. And, you know, um, it works in a way where if, you, if you're winning, somebody wants to beat you. Yeah. So it's non-stop though? For non-stop, that, yeah. To, you know what? It's in the traveling community. It's in the traveling community to fight and travelers will never stop fighting. As you say, it's it's in their blood, it's in our heritage. It's probably one of the oldest combat sports in the world, you know, and I think it originated in the UK and Ireland at the mm-hmm. beginning anyway. And um, it's something there that's going to be there, and I think it's the best way, even though, I, you know, right now I'd, I'd love to see everyone shake hands and walk away from it, it's better than using knives and guns. Drop the knives, drop the guns, put up your fist. If you're able to do that and shake hands after it, and that's done and dusted, so be it. Yeah, that's what real men should do. Yeah. Think so. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just see people out there, you know, going up because they get a, they get they get hit or someone family gets hit, and they go up and try and stab someone or try and shoot someone. No, go out there, do your best. You're more of a man by going out and you're lifting your hands yeah. instead of lifting a knife. You'll get more respect. Get more respect. Yeah. It's not just a case of when they, like, if two families are at a feud, calling some out and you meet them that day. You're actually going to a boxing camp. You do eight weeks, twelve weeks we, training. We do. Yeah. But the the, general, the local, the average traveller will do. Now it used to be like, oh, give me six weeks, give me four weeks. It's no good no more, yeah, because they're now trained athletes. They're now they're dedicating their their lives to that twelve or fourteen or sixteen weeks to to train, not to just look good, but to actually be able to be going out there the best they can be. So if you go out there and you know you you lost, at least you went out there knowing that you had no excuse. Yeah. You know, you've got to put your 14, 16 weeks into it and you've got to stop everything you train. You know, when I, when I, years ago when I was doing it, it was like um, a j- small jog. I hate jogging, man. I hate jogging. <laughs> I really do. You know, um, when I was going out there, I used to do small jogs in the morning, 7 a.m. in the morning. Then I was down to the local gym for the weights and, and all that stuff. And then it was midday, uh, just after midday, it was swimming. And then in the evening, seven to nine o'clock, it was the boxing club. And that's, you know, that's three, four days, three, four times a day, six days a week. That's that's the way it used to be done. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's ways of doing it, but that, that, was, my, that was my way of doing it. Did you ever have a fight, James, where you fought 
you knew the boy was defeated? Because I know a lot of travellers have got too much pride where they'll never say they want to finish it. Did you ever feel wanting somebody to call the fight when you know you had beaten them? Yeah, there was one guy, I call him Patrick Nevin. You know, um, I'll, I'll say his name in this interview. He don't like me, I don't like him. Um, his name is Chaps Paddy, to call him, you know? And I, he was a total waste of space. And I'll say it on video, he's a total waste of space. He was never any good. And he challenged me, he went for 47 minutes. But he fought, he fought for 47 minutes, he fell 47 times. He just wouldn't stop, he wouldn't, he wouldn't stay on the ground. But he did it to finish. Yeah, so it never get, So he kept fighting and fighting and the refs called it? Yeah, it was just, you know, he put his hand out after finish, yeah. yeah. He put his hand out. But the other guys, I respect every other guy that I fought. You know, every other man that I fought, I respect him. And I give him his due and, you know, right now it's all good. But he, no, I have no respect for that man whatsoever. How, does, how is it when you're, if you're in the house, minding your own business, and somebody sends you a video, and somebody calling you out, do you think, fuck me, not again? Or It used to happen a lot, and I used to accept him. I used to accept him, but my dad told me, God rest him that if you keep accepting, it's an ever-ending story, and somewhere down the line, as you're getting older, James, they're going to catch you. You know, the younger man is going to come ahead, and there's someone out there that, because you're going downhill, and they're coming uphill, and they're going to get you. And I've took his advice, and I just stopped. Regardless of who challenges, you know, if a good woman travelled that, challenge me now, I wouldn't take the challenge. I want nothing to do with me physically going out there boxing anymore. And how is that for you? What does people say if they do have a video calling you out and you just don't respond? Uh, what happens is silence is golden in my books, right? If you just ignore it, then they listen to their own bullshit. And to keep hearing their own voice, they stop then. You know, even, you know, there's other 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 people there that was doing bits of talk, challenging here and there, and, you know, a crowd in Dublin there. But, you know, it's all, again, it's all gone quite, thank God, and long may it last. But if you, if you keep listening to people and you're applying to them, which I used to do, it'll drive you mad. You know, every day, every day, videos, WhatsApps, you know, call outs. So I just, about four months ago, my mom told me, please, do it, do it, do it for, your, for your dad. Do it for your dad's soul and just stop. So I've stopped the videos and I haven't done any, any replies since that. Yeah, do you feel better mentally? Absolutely, absolutely. Feel my head's completely clear because I've not let them get into my head anymore. I've not let the challenge get into my head. I've not let people get into my head. I've not let what people say on the WhatsApps of not, you know, they, they insult the dead, they insult the women, they insult the kids, they call the dead names, stuff like that. And it was really getting to me, and it does get to me sometimes, but now I know that's all they can do. They can do nothing else. Yeah. And I accept that, that, that if that's their best, so be it. You were in a fight, James, for nearly three hours. How does that even happen without any breaks, without you know any what? drinks? <clears throat> Two hours, 47 minutes, that fight was. The issue with that fight was, you know... Um, I respect that young man. I respect that young man for taking that fight. It was good. But the training I'd done for that fight was... Uh, it may sound stupid, stupid to people that's listening to this. But what it was, when I trained for that fight, I didn't train like a boxer. I trained like a fighter. Meaning that when I used to go into the boxing club and we all do our three-minute bags and three-minute skipping and three-minute three minute shadow boxing and all that. No, I would do a minute boxing, stop for 30 seconds. I would do eight minutes on the bags take a break I would do 12 minutes I'd do 4 minutes and I would do the same in rounds I would do a 12 minute round 6 minute round 4 minute round so I was training my body not to be wait for that 15 second bell at the end of the 3 minutes so my body didn't know when and my mind didn't know when this fight was going to stop 
And that's what that's what I try to work out was sometimes I'd, I'd do shadow boxing for half an hour. Sometimes I'd do shadow boxing for an hour and 20 minutes. I'd do the bags for 30 minutes. Uh, not where you see the kids and, and young lads doing an hour to do three minutes and three minutes and all that. And that means that you know in the last 10 or 15 seconds that you're taking that break. And then you got your minute break, whatever. I, I wouldn't. I, I train my, my seven away that I just I don't know when this fight's stopping. And that's that's the way it worked out. Two hours, five, seven minutes. We had no breaks, no no rounds, no water, no nothing. It was tough. It was tough. But he was a tough young lad at the time. Yeah, he must have been tough though. It was tough. And it was it was one of the hottest days of the year as well. Yeah. So how do you deal with that then? Because that just doesn't come down to endurance, that comes mental strength. What are you thinking then when it's going to after an hour, two you've, hours? You've got to, you know, it's all down to being hit and not be hit. It's all down to working it in a way where you, um, you've you just got to work out your counter-punching, work out your jabs, work out your distance, work out, you know, get yourself comfortable. Get yourself comfortable and get yourself settled in because you know, some fights you know you're in there for the long haul. Some fights are not a five-minute fight. Sometimes you know because when you make your move on him, he's way back, he's gone. So you know you've got to chase him all around. So you just set yourself in and let it let it take its course. Yeah. When did uh, Bernocco it came to an end in the early 1900s, late 1800s? Oh, it came way back from uh, James Fig. Yeah, Irish first, guy, uh, American. Uh, then, it, well, the real the real godfather of, of Bernocco boxing was uh, John O'Sullivan. You know, it started from him. But a lot of people think that guy had a lot, a lot of fights. He didn't. He had four Bernocco fights mm-hmm. on record. The, he was the last champion to hold the world title at Bernocco. When he beat uh, Jake Kilrain. He was Irish? He was Irish. I was saying James John. He beat Jake Kilrain in 1889, I believe. And then a year later, um, I think it was Gentleman Jim Corbett that took the title from him for the first world glove title when the London Prize Rules came in or the Marcus, yeah, London Prize Rules or the Marcus of Queensbury Rules, whatever. But he was, he was the old, original, recognised champion of bare boxing crossing over to the modern era of glove boxing. And he was the first... The first champion and the first champion on that. Were you not putting the Hall of Fame for bare knuckle fighting? I was. I was put in the Hall of Fame in um, in upstate New Birmingham, upstate New York. I'm in the Hall of Fame uh, a couple of years ago for recognition of what I was supposed to do. I don't yeah. know about that. But again, mate, that's what you do. That was in your blood. It must make you feel proud as well. That Obviously, it can be difficult because everybody will want to be the first man to beat you. But it must make you proud as well that you've you've kept your name and kept everything above board while winning basically you know what you have to you have to try and present yourself James as good as possible you know you, you don't want to be going out there as you know going. Around. I've never I've never challenged anybody in my life I've never asked anyone in the fight because I know what it's like to be challenged and it's not a nice thing so I don't do that I, 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 every challenge that came to me I accepted um, to, a, to a stage where I took them fights where other fights were negotiated and settled I was supposed to fight other guys but they were all negotiated and settled Whereas, you know, I respect every fighting man in Ireland. I respect every fighting man in the UK. But I do think that, um, you know, wait to be challenged. Don't challenge anybody. And you get more respect for that. Yeah. Why do you think bare knuckle fighting has never been legalised? Um, I'll have to contradict you. It's legalised and sanctioned at the moment. Is that? Yes. Since when? Uh, in 2014, a company I ran, I still have got uh, hands-on, Knuckle Promotions, has actually put on the first bare knuckle sanctioning show in the UK in over 118 years in a five-star hotel in Nottingham. And from that, from that show, we now, we now has expanded to about six, seven, maybe eight good bare-knuckle boxing promoters in the UK from that one show where they've expanded. And 
Now, the police, the councils and local authorities have allowed us to put on bare boxing shows in five-star hotels. Oh, that's good, man. I always yeah. thought it was kind of underground no, and no, no, never no, really heard much now. about it. You know, it's up and running. We've, we, we, um, I, there's shows been in the O2 Arena. There's shows been in um, the big arena in, in Liverpool. There's shows in Wales. There's massive shows going on. Yeah. It's The pandemic has slowed everything down at the moment, but I'm involved now at the moment, if I can say it, with a company called um, BKWars.TV. And it, it's with um, a very good friend of mine from New Jersey, Donovan Sabato. And we've set up BKWars.TV uh, as a reality TV show at the beginning, mm. where we get a 12 heavyweights plus a captain captain on the UK taking on 12 heavyweights USA. So it's country versus country. Yeah. But I've got like I've got four, four Scotch, four Irish, four English on my team. And when we go into a Big Brother style house, what happens is the team captain is not easily eliminated from he, he's the main fight so we only can take eight of those guys uh, to take on eight of the Americans so there's going to be in-house fighting to get to the last eight and each fighter will take home £50,000 if he wins or loses yeah. it's not bad but then we, we now have the BKWars.TV uh, TV channel coming out where we are um, going we've got signed up and talks with uh, seven different boxing promoters from France Norway USA, UK, Wales, and um, India, okay, where they're all coming under the umbrella, but using their own names and promoting their own stuff, but we're going to be financing the programs, financing the fight cards, and we're going to be airing them on mm-hmm. our channels. Do you think bare knuckle boxing can be potentially up there with boxing and UFC? You look at UFC the last 10 years, it's just been pumped full of steroids and it's competing with boxing. UFC, UFC started off with Dana White, very, very small budget at the beginning. Uh, Bare knuckle boxing at the moment is 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 getting them very, very fast coming up around them. Mm-hmm. There's companies in the US, there's companies in the UK, there's companies in different parts of the world. There's one there in Russia, Extreme Fighting, I believe it's called. We're in talks with those guys as well to do... Um, put on a promotional show with those and um, it's massive and it's massive and I do believe I'm not just saying this right it's only come about since a documentary Knuckles came out in 2011 prior to that documentary there was no promotion company in this country or in any other country there was no such thing as burning boxing promoters uh, illegalised now there's they're sprouting up like mushrooms yeah That's fair. anything's possible people just love combat sports like UFC became so big people just love to see violence we, we never understood where bare knuckle boxing was illegal in the beginning okay because if you look at like MMA you've got four weapons you've got your knees and your elbows right when boxing you've just got your hands no clenching no holding no nothing it's more, way more safer Yeah. way more safer <clears throat> you know it's more physical uh, you know you can see, you'll see that you'll see the, the bruises and the punches and all that but long term with glove boxing and that you get it, you're taking more punches, you're taking more punches, so it's more long-term damage to the head, where in bare-knuckle boxing, it's more facial. That will heal, but inside, in the boxing won't. How's your injuries and stuff when you were fighting? Did you get any? Many? No, 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 I was just lucky. Yeah? I was lucky. Mm-hmm. I broke I broke, a, broke a few fingers, that was about it. Because when you won, James, it's like, when you were coming home, you come home with a package <coughs> of money and... You become home like a hero. Everybody's out, street parties. I don't know about a hero, but yeah. I, you know I, what I mean? mean yeah. Everybody's out celebrating. Is that because, the, is it 50 50 they split? So say a fight's 50 grand, one family put no, 25, the other put 25. Yeah, win, winner take all. Yeah, and then 
But people are putting money yeah, into Roger Kitty. Yeah, a couple of grand here. So double their money. They're happy enough, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's a lot of pressure if somebody's putting in a purse a hundred grand and people, it's all their wages or whatever. So many different families. I believe there's a fight coming up soon. Um, you know, I'll keep the names quiet. But there's a fight coming up soon. And I believe there's, they, they're looking to put 250 grand each on it. That's, 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 that's a substantial amount of money for one fight, which could go any way. Yeah. You know, so best of luck to both of them. Mm-hmm. Did you know, getting to know the fighters before you fought them, or was it just that? Some of the fighters I've never seen before in my life. Some of the fighters, one of the fighters, you know, he was a drinking partner. I, I met him, I used to live with him every side in London years ago, and he was, he was a good guy, but it happened and we fought. Yeah. Other ones I've never seen before. Does that make it awkward then, <clears throat> not knowing their stance, not knowing how they hit, not knowing Of their... course, see, the problem is nowadays, nowadays there's a lot of YouTube videos where you can study your fighter like a boxer would study his fighter and you, you, you train on working on what you're doing and we know what he's like. But prior to that, there's no such thing as videos or things like that or we could look at and analyse and sit down and talk about. It was just, he's there in front of you, he's got his hands up. You've got to just do it. Yeah. One of the night, you had a big fight coming up, I think it was 100 grand, but... You get set up. You were in a pub, and five men came out with balaclavas. Yeah, it was a, basically it was just a, it was it was a, a thing going on. Somebody tried to tax me. I refused to pay the money, and um, they've come in and they wanted me to leave with them, and I wouldn't leave. So they jumped me and shot me in the leg. They all had guns. Yeah, every one of them. How was that experience though? Were you thinking you were going? That was a bad experience. That was as it should be. You know, as it should be. It's enough experience, and it's something that you know that I put to the back of the mind, and I've left it there for a long time. And um, I do talk about it sometimes. It's um, something where, you know, again, it's down to bullying. If you, want to be, if you want to be a victim or a cash machine for somebody, keep giving them money. But if you want to, st- you know, if you want to take a stand and, and stand up to the bullies and say no, and that's it. Do you think if you went with them, you'd have died that night? I believe so, yeah. I actually believe I would have. But, you know, it's, it's, it's again like that. That's in the past and that's been all sorted out. Yeah. And it's done and dusted. Yeah. Again, does it bring back a lot of emotion then when you're thinking about it that? It does, yeah, it does, because I had a small family at the time as well. I, I had two boys, you know, five and five and eight or five and nine. And, um, you know, I was worried about them and, you know, also worried about how, what happened if I was killed that night. You know, what would happen to the, how would the kids, you know, it all brought in memory. So I tried to, from that on, I tried to change my life as much as I could. But that night I wasn't in the wrong. So how do you reevaluate your life after that then for being a bare knuckle fighter to then potentially being nearly killed to then? You know, what I try and do, what I actually try and do, I try and, you know, I, I haven't been a saint, far from it. I, I haven't been, I've been, I've been the party boy. I've been, we all do what we do. I've, I haven't been, um, you know, clean. I haven't been in a mean night, a, a good person in my life and way. But what I try and do now is I try and give back a little, you know, try and help people that, I've seen people that need the help. And if I can do anything, anything at all, a good turn, I will do it. Yeah. How did people treat you in the travelling community after that experience? I, I, you know, I, I get respect from travellers, and I give respect. But you, James, what it is, within the travelling community, you only, give, you only get what you give. If you've been a prick, excuse my language, if you've been a prick to somebody, they'll be a prick to you. If you've been half-decent or kind, that's it. But if they're not coming back to you, walk on, move on and find mm-hmm. someone else. You know, I try and just be, I, I try and mix, mingle and talk and get on with everybody. And the ones that don't want to get on with me, I move away from them and that's a bad experience yeah. and jog on. Because you had a fight coming up, I think it was a hundred grand on the line. But if, if you don't turn up, you lose the if money no matter up, what. Yeah, no matter what. If you don't turn up, whatever fights happen, James, um, if for, for reasons being, 
if you, it's all down to the rules, all down to what rules you make. You could make a fight where if you get an injury, and that injury is, um, regardless of what it is, a hand, foot, uh, whatever, and if that injury happens, then you have time for the heal, and your money is still with the referees. But if you make agreements that regardless of what happens, you don't care if you're hit by a train, if you don't turn up in that fight, you lose your money. So there's the basic black and white of it. You, it's all down to the rules that you make with the referees and the actual opponent. If you say, I want, if, if there's an injury involved, we, we pull the fight to another date or not. That's how it works. And you showed up to that fight in crutches? Oh, that was a while back. Yeah, that was, that, that was, uh, yeah, I remember that one. Another one you're talking about. I did, I was in crutches, but my referee man got that sorted out that we didn't lose any money. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is not too bad then. Which is not too bad, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. When was your very last fight? What age were you? I was about 36, 37. Maybe about, t- about 38 years old. That, you, was, that was the long fight, two hours, 47 yeah, minutes. Yeah, was that with me that you lost your last fight? That was fight my last fight. <laughs> you know, he, was, he wasn't a bad yeah. kid. He, he, he was only a kid at the time. He's, he's a, a young man now, you know. And uh, he, he, he could fight, you know. He, he could really, really fight. And he was determined to do it and all that. So we're, we're both determined and we showed each other a lot of respect. We showed each other a lot of respect. And um, straight after that fight, we, uh, we, we watched another fight, speaking, drinking a cup of tea together, watching the second fight happen. So that's just, just the, the sick part of it. You know, how you can be in there at one minute and you wanna, you're psyched up to try and take someone's head off. Mm-hmm. And then the minute that handshake happens, all that anger is gone from you. Yeah. Win or lose, it's all gone for me. Mm-hmm. When did you decide enough was enough? Did you decide on the day or was it a long period? You know what? Just decide when you don't want to get out of bed to go to the gym. Simple as that. You know, when, 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 when you know your body is not able for that training anymore, that, that, that level of training that you need to do 14 weeks of this and you just don't want to do it because your lifestyle changes, you drink more, you eat rubbish food and you've got to give all that up and you've got to get back into the gym, then you're doing a bit of a, you're doing, you're, you're whatever business you're in, you've got to stop that and get back into the gym for all this shit with, with the chance of losing. No. So, yeah. So How did people treat you? What was family members saying when you decided you didn't want to fight no, anymore? They were happy because the, the great thing about all travelling communities and all, tra- sorry, all travelling clangs is they've always got someone else coming behind them. You know, you've always got someone to step into your shoes and, you know, I've got cousins, nephews, uh, all that kind of thing. They're there, sons, they're there. Whereas if, you know, if a younger man challenges you now, they'll say, hang on, my uncle or my, my cousin's too old, I'll take it. And that's well matched. But then it sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. How old are your sons now, James? Uh, t- 34 and 28. Have they been fighters in the past? Yeah, they've had their fights. They've had their fights. My youngest son, Yui, he's, um, his last fight was two hours, eight minutes. And that was a draw. Well, how does it come to the conclusion to be a draw? It's when, when they're making no progress. You know, where one fight... There's two ways of doing it. The referees will say, you know, this would be bad blood if this ends in a, in, in a win or a loss. Or the referees can say, this is, you know, it's been going on a while and I think they've done enough. And the, the referees, the, the, the two fighters will never ask for a draw. They'll never say, oh, let's shake hands in it. No. It works out that the referees get involved and they can sense that this, this, is, this is going in bad for the losing family or they can sense where look at lads shake hands and it's over and it, it works out better when I like to see that I like to see the draws I don't like <clears throat> I don't like to see wins or losers because it just continues the feuding I like to see draws where people can actually settle down and walk away from the trouble yeah does it ever make 
does it ever ha- there's a many draws is there, uh, or is there ever one very one sided where the fights shouldn't even have been made there's a lot of fights like that there's a lot of fights you know I can think of a lot of fights where mismatches complete mismatches and but there again the young lad that's taken up the challenge and lost the fights he's had the balls to get out there and do it instead of lifting a gun or a knife to somebody and he just wants it over and done with he knows he's going to lose but he just accepts that situation for this to go out there take his beating and walk away yeah how is it watching your sons doing it devastating actually to be honest with you is it yeah, yeah it is yeah I don't want it I don't why like is that it. I, you know what I, I, that's really hypocritical where I say it um, I hate it I don't want my sons fighting but then I'm promoting other fighters you know but the, the ones I'm promoting are doing it for business they're doing it for wages they're like a normal boxers like MMA UFC or, uh, boxing glove whatever they want to do it whereas when it's family your own family even even the whole clangs I would rather see them put their their energy and their experience into more organised ways of doing it and not with each other in the clangs but with a within within a career is it you're very protective then to be seen because of, you probably know the shit you had to have went through fighting all the time try to live up to the reputation it affects everything it affects your marriage your relationships it affects your your, your family life it affects your whole lifestyle and it also puts a lot of pressure. I've seen my dad, God rest his soul, I've seen my dad cry, you know, um, and I've been told I've been told about him when I was out fighting and he was in the pub or wherever he was waiting for me to come home and he'd, he'd be actually crying, you know, worried about what's going on now, Dad. And that's the sad part of it, where, you know, you're putting other people under pressure, you know, just for your fight. So that's what I don't like. So what's the point in it all then, if you know the devastation it causes and it never really ends? It's just basically down to travel way of life travel way of settling a lot of feuding it's 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 not settling as much feuding as it should when it was as it was years ago years ago it was settling a lot more nowadays it's not it's not settling as much but if it if it helps to to calm the situation go out and fight but no one wants to lose but it's just it's just a bad way it's a good way of doing it should i say it's a good way of doing it but it's not good for the families that's involved you know you don't want to see your you don't want to see your sons or your brothers fighting all the time see it's a good way if it's a square go somebody wins and then shake hands and then the feud's done but what it seems to be more glorified now it seems because there's so many videos so many camera phones it's so easy james to challenge years ago when i was challenged it was a an old vhs video recorder made that was sent by someone my referee man 50 miles down the road, I'd have to have a look at that. It'd take me 20 minutes to set the video recorder, have a look at that. Then it'd take me three days to find someone with a camera to get a reply back to them and all that shit. Nowadays, it's a YouTube clip or a WhatsApp. Straight away in seconds, it's worldwide. Whereas it's so easy now to, to for a challenge to be sent and accepted. Whereas prior to that, it was sent could be negotiated and set before you even made a reply. Yeah. So it's so easy to cause a feud, basically, f- seconds. in seconds. Seconds. Yeah. Seconds. What do you think of the Tyson family? Brilliant. Brilliant. They're doing, you know what? They built mountains for the traveling community. Absolutely brilliant. Young Huey Fury, Tyson Fury, absolutely big John, lovely people. I really do respect every one of them and respect what they're doing and how they've done it, how they went about and kept it off the streets and went in and made their name in the boxing ring. 
Every one of them was flying. Yeah. yeah. Big uh, John's a class act. I've big, actually got a live audience with Big John next month. And um, I just love the way he speaks with the good, passion. Good, yeah, and everything good. he says comes true. He's about true. his son's fights, about, yeah. like, he even speaks about money and the fame and the illusion of it and the bullshit. I believe it's him that keeps Tyson grounded. He knows what he's talking yeah. about. John's a good man. He knows what he's talking about. Tyson is Tyson. He, he's, he is, you know, the world, world champion. He's, I think he's the best man in the world at the moment. Yeah. And he is brilliant. Then you've got young Billy Joe Saunders on the other weights, world champion. Flying as well. Amazing, amazing yeah. man. Very, very, very good at what he does. And it's great to see travellers getting out there doing that. Mm-hmm. I've just seen a wee um, Instagram clip on Billy Joe where he's talking about setting up a boxing club for young travelling kids, get them off the streets and get them into get them into the ring and do what he's doing, mm-hmm. which is well on him. Good they do him. amazing stuff for the community that doesn't get spoke about, because I know Tyson does exactly. a lot for homelessness exactly. and, and mental health. That, exactly. But people don't want to promote that. The mainstream see, don't promote that. Mental health, and let's just talk about mental health for a second, and suicide, right? 11% of traveller deaths, all right, result in our suicide. That's how big it is. Uh, all travellers that say... If 100 travellers die, God forbid, uh, next week, 11 of them on percentage-wise is suicide. So it's a big, big thing. So let the suicide be in, connected to mental health or whatever. But people don't realise, those people that, God forbid, is doing this, they don't realise that there's help out there. They just need to go and seek, speak to someone, talk to someone. There's always someone going to listen. Don't keep it in, whatever's in your head. And I always tell people this, don't keep it in. If you've got an issue, you've got a problem... Regardless of what it is, there's someone there belonging to family that you can trust or talk to or seek professional help. Yeah, definitely. Do you think there's a lot of pressure on the kids now in the travelling community to be a fighter? There's a lot of pressure on travelling kids in general, you know, to be just to be a better person because with social media exploding in the travelling community, the girls want to be better than the girls. The girls want to have the next bag or the next shoes and a lot of pressure on that. Then the lads want to be the best fighter and the lads want to be... You know, they've got the nicest cars and all that type of stuff. It's it's keeping up with the Jones type thing, where there's a lot of pressure in general on the young traveling community at the moment. Yeah. And then that young traveling pressure puts the pressure on the families and the parents to provide for what they need. Yeah, it's everywhere, no matter just in the it's traveling just community. Traveling, it's, it's just everywhere, everywhere. It's, everywhere. it's just worldwide. It's just a pandemic. That's the real pandemic, I think, is the mental health. It is. You know, it, there's... James, I've had personal friends of mine, you know, just commit suicide. And... It's, it's, it's sad to see that happen because God God loved them. They don't realise what they're doing to their families after that, you know, where, where they leave their families. And I always shout out, and I am saying it again, speak to someone, talk to someone, don't suffer this alone, get out there and let people know you've got a problem and try and solve it before, yeah. before you cross that line. It must be difficult as well, especially even though you had to do what you've done back in the day fighting and shit. It must have put a lot of mental health pressure on your family as well. Your your of wife, course it kids, does. Of course your it father. Does. Yeah, of course um, it does. You know, and you see, you see it in families. You're not just my family. You see the pressure and the stress on people when 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 those fights are coming, when those fights are taking place, or where feudings happen. You know, there's pressure. You got to watch it back at all times. You got to be careful who you speak to, what you do. You got to be careful who your friends are. You got to know who your enemies are. Some of your enemies, some of your closest friends, could be your enemies and carrying messages and stories about it. So you just gotta be careful and there's a lot of pressure every day. So my 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 word is to try and settle your feelings and stop your fighting. Yeah. How did the documentary Knuckle come about? Because I know it was over ten years in the making. The document twelve years. Twelve, 12 years, years yeah. was it? The documentary started. I met um I met the director Ian Palmer at a wedding in um in Dundalk, my hometown. And he was doing a recording for the wedding and he was introduced to me. 
And if you look at the very beginning of the documentary, you'll see me wearing a red shirt, tossing some coins, and that was the very first footage he ever had of me. And from that, he just we, we got speaking, and he found out I had an upcoming fight. And he said, may I come to that? And he's, he's come to that. And then then he said, he, what training are you doing? And I went to, went to the gyms. And from that on, it moved. To, then he would, he would disappear for three months when there was nothing. When he wasn't getting what he needed, he didn't need to be around. So when he heard there was something going on, he would come back again. And he'd done this for 12 years, right through the whole lot. And he got the good points, he got the bad points, he got embarrassing points, and he got, he got you know, glory points. But the most important thing is I think he put the story together in a way that it told, it told a story on, on the whole situation of feuding and an insight to the travelling community itself. Yeah, no, I think it gives a fair, a fair, a fair shot. shot. Yeah, just, it, does, yeah. it has a mixture of everything. It's not just all... People fighting, it's the fucking misery and the pain. And and then there was the, you got the older women like my mum and her, 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 her cousins speaking in the caravan where, you know, they don't want it either. They, they're giving their opinion that it's not right. It's, everyone should shake hands and forget about it. If it was just as simple as that, it'd be great, but it's not. Is that the difficult thing, James, that the pressure it has on your mum and dad and stuff going through all that shit? That's, that, that's pressure for any young man uh, when he's fighting is why his father or his mother or his uncles think of him. What happens if I lose this fight? What am I going to be looked at? What happens, you know, if I win it, it's all glory. If I lose it, you know, I'm, am I shoved out of the way? Someone else got to come back. It's all mentally, so you got to try about. You cannot go out of the fight. Those days, you cannot go out to a bare-knuckle fight unless you're 100% ready. You may not be good enough for this guy, but you need to be 100% at your top. And if that's good enough for you, it's good enough for your family. Why do you think you were never beaten? I was just better on the day. It doesn't make me a great man. It doesn't make me a better man than or a best fighter in Ireland or England. I'm not. It makes me just on the day. I I used a little bit of experience what I had to switch the fight in my favour. What do you think? If you how do you think you'd have felt if you did have a loss? How would that have affected you? It would have. It would have been bad. It would have been bad because I uh, I've had family family and friends that lost fights. And it didn't. It didn't go down well. It didn't go down well mentally and physically. It didn't go down well, and um, it brought the whole clang down. You know, it, you're not looked upon. We didn't. We never looked upon our anyone that lost on ours. We never looked upon them as as losers. We looked upon as game men that went out there, and right fighting men that they went out there and had their had their shot. But we didn't look at us in the wind that you're a waster, you're a loser, you're, you're a dosser, or whatever you want to call yourself. We we still respected them, but that's no good to you. If you if you feel that loss, if you feel that hurt and pain inside mm-hmm. after losing, and you've got two hundred people dancing, is there a lot of antagonising if someone gets a loss? Is there videos after it kind of put, try? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so happens. It's, so it's not just it's a case. Not, of, see, this is the problem. It's not just you losing that dance over. Yeah. That gets that gets. What's, it, what's the word we use? Cast up or thrown into your face every fucking week for years, and the next little, even if another client comes along and mounting off and start talking, then they'll bring up your past experiences with other clients and you were beaten in five fucking minutes by job logs and job logs beat you your dad your sister your brother whatever it yeah. just happens do you think if you had a loss you'd have probably still been fighting longer trying to prove yourself I, I don't know mate yeah i suppose i would have tried and i would have probably tried to uh to come back and and and, and beat the same person yeah that's that i wouldn't want to go on why would i want to go out and fight someone else when i've been beaten by one man I would rather go back to that one man and try and beat him. Yeah, that's the way I'd look at it because you can't move on in life when you know you've got a. You how can you be a fighting man and challenge everybody else 
when you didn't beat them on the beach. Mm-hmm. So for anybody that's getting called out, I know you decided right enough's enough and you didn't the right to retire. But for anybody, a young kid, and he gets called out and he doesn't step up to the plate and fight, how does that affect his own family and the family? It in those days, it doesn't affect us as much if, if he doesn't accept the fight because we we only we we would only send out uh, when I say we a clang, okay, not not just our clang but any clang on top, right? We we as travellers would only send out a fighter if we know he's got a chance. Where previously to this, you would get mismatches. Nowadays, it's more like you've got to train, you've got to work hard, you've got to go out there at the best of your ability. And we would not let a fighter out there unless we know he's got a 50-50 chance. A lot of travellers, well, a lot of other clients would say, you know, we, 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 I will challenge him or I'll challenge him because I'm going to beat him. Right? Some of ours would do the same. But I would like to see a good even 50-50 fight and let the winner take it. What about like, weight? Because I've seen some of the kids at 20 stone fighting kids at 13 stone. This is the problem. Right? How, how's we that We don't work? have weight differences. We don't have weight differences in the travelling community. You just obviously we try and what it is is your best man goes out to their best man, and winner winner takes or whatever. Then you have the seconds, the next two fight, the next two class better fighters, and the second two could be better than the first two, but we don't know. But it's the one that's got the rep or the name, and move down the line. But I've seen fights where there's six, seven stone weight difference, five stone weight differences, and that happens. It, it's just it, there's no because of of. Uh, what, what way to kind of put it? It's the way we, it's the way we accept fights. Is if someone insults your family, if someone insults you, someone insults your mother and father, doesn't matter what size he is, you have to go out and fight him. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to represent yourself. Did the police ever come and split up fights or anything? Did they ever get inside information? I was. Uh, I'll tell you a story. I was refereeing a fight in County Kildare, James, one day, and um, for two lads, there was there was two. I, I was refereeing for two, and there was another two, and we couldn't find a spot. We couldn't find a spot at all. So we kept driving around. I drove down a side, a side alley lane. So I found this lovely little car park. I said, get out here and let's do it. So we decided anyway. Well, I was I was the man showing their free and all that. And one of the other guys said, uh, I think we better stop this fight now. I said, no, no, no. It's going good. Let them, let them have another few. No, he said, have a look behind you. And they were, were just actually fighting under a police station. And there was about 50 of them looking out the window. And they were all recording it. And then next minute, we just looked up and everybody just makes the run for it. And um, by the time we get down to the end of the lane, there was about four police cars, and we're all arrested. Mm-hmm. Most of it anyway. But we just told off about that. But we explained the situation. It's better up a back alley than than on the side of the streets or in, in a shopping mall or something. So not to get charged with assault or anything. Because yeah, uh, yeah. I seen your documentary. You were on the beach. I think you were fighting, and the police came. But you says it was sparring. That's right. Yes, I was only saying sparring. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Well, it actually, was sparring. The police came and said, "What's going on here?" And we just said, "Look, it's just uh, just sparring for doing a little video for a documentary." Yeah. Yes, how did good. that when you your documentary came out how did that kind of affect your life did you get a lot of positive feedback I, I, or did you it know what? I, I enjoyed it in a way because I, I I got a lot of um I got a lot of trips around the world I went to I was in the US 11 times for that you know I was all over the US uh, 11 states um, enjoyed um, LA um, Santa Monica Memphis Nashville New York Boston I was Texas. I was all over. It was great. I enjoyed that, and we done. We won the the New York Irish Film Festival, the Los Angeles Film Festival. We won the the Texas Film. Uh, one down there. The documentary done absolutely brilliant abroad, mm-hmm. and it came. It, we done. Uh, we done really well. I didn't win, but I done really well in Utah, where it was premiered. Why do you think it was so well accepted then? 
America. You, you see, in America, everybody's Irish. They love the Irish. They love the Irish, you know. Yeah. Well, and I'm saying that in 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 a, in, a, in a good way. Everyone, you know, everyone's got Irish in them. Irish or Scotch. Everyone's got Irish or Scotch because everyone, their ancestors, you know, everyone that that's in Ireland or in in the US are of Irish or Scotch heritage. They they came over and you know when 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 things were bad over here and they they originated and then they were spread out. So everyone knows that there's some sort of Ireland in them, Irish and it's fighting Irish and. You know, there's even football teams over there. I think it's uh, what one it's called right now. I can't think. In Boston, you know, their their nickname is the Fighting Irish. Yeah, you Boston know? Celtics. I think so. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Fighting Irish, and you know, they love they love the the fight game. They love they love being connected to Ireland and the bare knuckle boxing and that type of world. So it gets well accepted there, and I enjoy it. I mm-hmm. I think they're a wonderful bunch of people. Yeah. Did that? Did a lot more people call you out though after the documentary, even though I've you had, had retired? Few, I've had a few. I've had a few. But you know, I, I I decided. My dad asked me. My dad asked me just leave it up, James, please. And God bless his soul. I I honoured his wishes. And what would happen if you you said that to your sons? Um, I try and advise them, I, and I always will try and advise them not to do it. But if they need to do it, I have to do it. So be it. I respect them for it, but I wouldn't like it. But who am I to tell them not to do it when I done it? You know. But I'd like them not to do it. Yeah. Who was the kid? Who's it? Is it Ben Shamrock? Who's Ken, Ken Shamrock? Ken Shamrock. Oh. He was at wrestler UFC, and he yeah, was calling you. He, he wanted to take my head off. Why? Uh, because uh, he wanted to get into the bare knuckle boxing. He wanted to get into the bare knuckle boxing, um, uh, and it was, it was going through another promoter at the time over there, and the fight was arranged. I accepted the fight, not known. I knew Ken was, but I didn't know that he was a, a, he could fight as well. I, you know, I'm assuming that I read up with Ken doing the wrestling and all entertainment but this guy could fight he was a UFC champion a UFC champion man <laughs> fucking hell so anyway well, we, we, you know Bolter's got a bit of publicity on it it was really big and um, you know it was, he, he's a lovely guy I spoke to him and they decided then that it didn't it didn't actually materialise which I'm happy yeah oh fuck me yeah so you would have accepted that fight though I would have accepted that fight because the money that was involved there was a substantial purse put up and none of it was mine you know it was just a wage, and that's what I want to try and educate young traveling men and kids: is to go out there and do it in, for that reason, not to do it because you hate someone, not to do it because you're on the back street and you wanna, you just want to be better than the next traveler on the road. Yeah. Go out and be the next Conor McGregor from Ireland, be the next Tyson Fury, next Billy Joe Saunders, be the next Huey Fury. Go out there and do what they're doing and make a living and get more respect that way for it. Do you think that's what a lot of the travelling kids should do? Is, is get any professional boxing? I actually think that's the way it's going. There's a lot of young lads. There's a lot of good uh, professional boxers coming up now, um, coming out of the amateurs, uh, all travellers, in Ireland and in the UK. And um, I think it's going to go that direction. You'll, you'll always get the street fighting with travellers. You'll always get the bare-knuckle boxing because it's in our blood, it's what we do. But you'll always, you'll now, it's now tur- the tide is turning slowly where you get the elite ones are now moving at a young age into professionalism yeah you look at John Fury he got called out and he was going to accept the fight what was that about that was just a youth that was again that was internet internet bullshit again where Mickey Teo I never met him I believe he's a nice guy but he was he was a hound in um, big John Fury and John Fury accepted the fight but my personal opinion John Fury would have beat him yeah John Fury can scrap John Fury John Fury can fight yeah he's not just a big lump of a man John Fury can actually fight. Everyone in that you family can, see, can fight. You can see where Tyson Fury got it from, you know? Yeah. yeah he, he is his father's son. So you got to give him respect for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he would have won that fight. Do you ever look back and think you could have maybe stuck in it boxing and went professional? You know what? Who knows? 
what 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 the future holds for anybody uh, at that time. I would love to have given it a go. Yeah, I would love to have tried you know one or two professional fights way back in the day, but it never materialised because we were a travelling family, you know, trying to survive, moving from area to area. Never got enough time to settle in one town where we could pursue our boxing careers. So we had, when we, you know, it was a Peterborough, we're in Peterborough boxing gym for two months. Moving forward, when, it, when we got the Leighton Buzzard in Bedfordshire, they entered me into the ABAs. I was there for three months and I was into the ABAs and two days later we were moving again, I was gone. Yeah. So it, that happened a few times. But I don't blame any, I don't blame my dad or anything for that. I blame, I blame society in itself because we had to move to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to get in a way where we needed to, to live. My dad knew the best way of doing it was to go where the work was, and he took us down. See, when you're doing your refing now, on yeah. the face, do you ever feel as if I could still give them it? Oh, you always think that. You always, <laughs> you always, you always think that. So Muhammad Ali probably thought that he lost a few, you know, but you always do think that. Yeah, yeah. but no, no, thank you. That's that's their job. And best to look to them, you know. Yeah. And best to look to any traveling man out there, mm-hmm. big and small, young and old, that wants to do the boxing. You know, I wish them all luck, but I do think they should try anyone that's young enough now and has got the experience, try and go down the road of professionalism and get into the ring. Yeah. Who's the biggest traveling families about just now? I'll be honest, too many to mention. Is there? There is now. I'll be honest, there's too many to mention. There's a lot of big travellers out there, a lot of big families, a lot of well-respected families. Um, and if I go talking names, I could go on for 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of families out there that that are rubbish, but there's a lot of good people out there who's got good names, and that's where I am with that Are you one. in good communication with a lot of travellers? I'm in communication with everyone at the moment. Yeah. I, You know, thank, thank God, I don't have... Um, many many enemies I don't have uh, I have you know one or two people I don't speak to um, but the rest of the clans um, I respect each and every one of them yeah how was it then for being in a feud for over 20 years and then to it's a terrible thing it's a terrible thing to where you've got to wake up every morning knowing knowing that this shit has gone on in your life knowing that your brothers your fathers your cousins are all involved in and trying to kill each other and trying to take each other's heads off and having fights every six weeks and all that. No. How about so it? I'm glad. So I'm glad. I'm glad. And what I try and do now myself, James, is try and me- mediate with people, try and uh, get families to try and, you know, settle arguments. Instead of instead of um, having fights around a ring or around outside the room, get around a table or get them speaking and try and get them to, to work it out in a way that let's leave this off, let's leave that off and... Forget about it. Put it to bed because it yeah, must have exactly. been tiring, especially if you've seen it for over twenty years. You've seen it, the pressure it's caused on your well, father. We've seen it firsthand. Yeah. All, all, the, all the main, all the main families in Ireland and England. I've seen it firsthand, and I think ninety percent of them are sick of it now. Absolutely sick of it, and they want. I think mostly would like to now have a peaceful life and try and get them to um, chill out. Man. Yeah, man, an easy life. Chill out, a peaceful yeah. life is a good life. Do you know what I mean? It's the way forward, I believe. But listen. Everybody, some people love a good scrap, and that's just life. You don't mind that. But when you say if somebody wins, it's never ending. It must become tiring where you think, fuck me, just leave it out. But then because you've got that blood, you can't back down. So it must be fucking difficult. Now you've got some peace and some harmony in your life. How how's that affect you now compared to what it was when it was full of chaos? Is it nice? Uh, Or do you miss it? No, I don't miss anything. Like you mean? No, no. What it, what it is? I I like I like to be I like being busy. I like uh, I like being involved in boxing. I like being involved in 
you know, the organisation of now, when I say the organisation in, in a professional level where we're trying to take on, you know, promoters from around the world, get them together and unify them under one under one sanctioning body. And then we we within uh, BKWars.tv is now going to be setting up a sanctioning body where we've got seven or eight different companies from all over the world coming under the one umbrella, using their own titles, using their own company names, but fighting for one belt you know, on weight levels and all that. It's going to be actually good. And that's what I encourage travellers, travelling men, to, jo- to join forces and join up in, in organisations like that and make substantial amount of money because the amount, the amount of money that's going to be involved exceeds all expectations. It's going to be substantial. So that's what I, I advise. And, and I do know that there's travelling men out there that would beat 80% of the fighter. And, and there's no disrespect to a lot of the, a lot of the good fighters out at the moment. There's travelling men out there that's hidden talents and they don't even, you don't even see them fighting now, right? They're very, very good men to fight and I think they do very well inside the ring. Yeah, so you can make legit money. Make honest, honest to yeah. God, honest to God, 40, 50, 30 grand to fight. Mm-hmm. It's there, the money is there. Yeah. The money will be there in the very near future. You're very outspoken about mental health, James. Why yeah. is that? Did you struggle yourself back in the day you know what everyone struggles you know even james to be honest everyone struggles with mental health everybody you know and i see i see friends and family that struggles with it and i've got i've had personal friends as again i'll talk about suicide who, who's committed suicide through mental health and other reasons why why people can you know from teenage boys to teenage girls to middle-aged people why they do this and why they suffer alone it it, it bewilders me that they can't just listen to people and get up and talk privately to an uncle, an aunt, a cousin or a brother. If they don't want to talk to the mothers and fathers or if they don't want to talk to the brothers and sisters, speak to someone about their mental health problems. Speak to someone about, about why they feel that they, that they can't go on in life. It's, it, it, just, it saddens me that they won't, won't seek help and it's there for them. In, within the traveling community, uh, it's there for them and within, within the professionalism of, of organisations, it's there for them. And it hurts me that they won't seek that help. And mental health is a bad thing and anyone anyone can suffer from it and it just takes seconds to be to be gone wrong. Yeah, it definitely is. I think it's a big talking point. I always kind of touch on it in each podcast and for people watching this, thinking yourself, the reputation you have, big, strong man, undefeated, bare-knuckle fighter. It doesn't matter how big you are. You're, doesn't matter much yeah, you, yeah, and you're battled matter, with it. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much the, the smile is on your face. It doesn't. Nobody knows what one person is thinking. You know, you could be sitting beside a person and he's smiling or she's smiling. Next minute, you hear they're, they're dead. Why? Because they suffered alone. Yeah. Speak out. Do you think exercise helped you through the years? Absolutely amazing thing. You know, getting into the gym clears your head. I don't care what, what, what you're reasoning in the gym for. Could be to lose weight. Could be to fight. Could be just to look good. Whatever. The gym, a little bit of training, clears that head and it really helps. Yeah. How are you feeling now? Tired, Just, yeah. tired, tired, <laughs> fat. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I haven't been into the gym, and well, really since the lockdowns, you know, I haven't been doing anything. Mm. Only been uh, eating, uh, eating a lot and drinking a lot, I suppose. But um, when the gyms reopen, I'll probably try and get back in, lose a bit of weight. Yeah, give us a fit again. Mm-hmm. There was talks of a knuckle too, but I think you knocked it back. Why? You know what? Knuckle one was enough for anybody, right? I, I remember, you know, years ago. Any part two of a film doesn't be as good as the first one. So I don't think anyone, another knuckle two, would never be as successful as the first one anyway. Secondly, old wounds lead them asleep and not open them up. And if there's, you know, if a knuckle two, we've just been involved with more, more families, more clangs, 
and more torture for everyone involved. Yeah, so I think it's just the way it is now. Leave it, leave it as it is. Um, let it sleep and move on to the next level of trying to take it in that ring. Yeah, because it kind of just gets passed down from generation it does, to it does. generation. Let it blow over. Yeah. How did you end up getting some closure, not closure on all, but kind of putting common, a seal over the wheel, you know wind? What? Common sense, common sense. Families, families got together, the elders, you know, my uncles and a few more of the other clients spoken. And the more time you stay away from each other also, it dies down a little bit. And then you get extended families integrating with the others and talking and, you know, kind of socialising, and then it brings it back. Where look at, let's. Why don't you talk to Mick, Kevin, Larry, Pat, John? And then it starts that way. And then some people are not happy because other people are talking to your enemies, from your family. But you cop on. You say, "Hang on, this is this is. It's getting better. There's no fights, no arguing. Yeah. So it works out better where you get people that will take their time out and try and make peace. Yeah, it's just a lot of politics involved. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it's a lot more than you think. It's not just. You know, it's it goes on for days and weeks. Yeah, it really does. Really, you got to really get to nitty gritty bits of who said what, why, where, and who. What about turning your life into a film, James? There's well, the book at the moment is been is been given to um, somebody at the moment where he's hoping to uh, he's in talks at the moment to have it done to a ten part miniseries. We're doing a yeah, I think it's a ten part season one on. Um, I'm sure the names will be changed and all that stuff, but based on the book and the documentary, there's we're in big talks with having um, a ten-part miniseries done for a season on Knuckle. Who would you like to play your part? Oh, big God. Who's ugly enough? <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is ugly enough? Uh, God only knows. I haven't have a clue, man. Uh, can't think. Nah. No, Danny DeVito, maybe. <laughs> a big Jason Statham or something. Oh, yeah, stop it, yeah. Yeah, you know, if, you know, God only knows who's going to do that. God mm-hmm. only knows if it takes off. We'd like to see it happen, you know. Not see it happen. But I don't see why not. The, the, why the not. book and the documentary have been mega successful. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly, the names there and the reputations there. That even your videos on YouTube. But were you not calling some out just last year or five months ago? I was, I was, yeah. Well, I wasn't. I was called out. I was called out, and I responded. I responded, but I, again, again, I responded too much. I, I listened and I let the demons get into my head again. And I was quiet for a long, long time. And then my mother said, please just ignore those people. And I did. I ignored them. And, you know, I won't even talk about their names. I just don't want to say their names right now. Because um, they, they insulted my dad in a very bad way. They insulted his, 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 his legacy. They insulted his image. He's, they insulted his name. They, they said what they're doing. You know, they dig him out of the graves and stuff like that. And that's to me, now that, it's hurtful, but I let it blow over. It's gone. And if I lowered myself to their standard... It would have went on and on and on. So my mum said, please just leave it go. Don't do yeah. it anymore. So it's not just a case of calling someone out for a fight. Things are getting very personal. Yeah. Is that just... If when you insult when you insult the dead in Travellers, that's that's the end all and be all. Yeah. And then, you, then it goes down to the women and the kids after that. And to be honest with you, it's, it's, it, it'll make you fight fucking three Muhammad Ali's at one time. But that means you're going to be doing it every day. So... There's got to be a, a time when you say, no, it's over. Some closure, flip the chapter, move on your life. Can you get a drop of water from your butt? Of course you can. What about, um, I know you're big with the homeless stuff, Jamesy. Yeah, you we're got- doing, um, at the moment, I, we only run it for two weeks, maybe three weeks every year. We try anyway. And we do. I, I started a food bank challenge on social media and we've reached now, we've reached Poland, India, USA, Russia, Holland, and 
I've got some family, well, friends doing it in Australia today. So it's getting out there. We've done, I've gotten the amount of videos, I just couldn't put them all up, but I've got to put them up. We, I think I've got about 180 videos of people that's been donating, and more has come in today. And a big thank you to you, James, for your contribution. Yeah, not a problem. Which will be going on social media yeah, today. not a problem. I'll, I'll, I'll be putting that up later on. Yeah, I, you know what it is. This pandemic is killing everyone. We literally killing them in one way, in, in, in the virus itself. But it's financially, you know, there's a lot happening there where one family contacted me and I spoke to the parents and they've just got no money. They've just got nothing. The money they've got coming in is either, is one day it's heating and the next day it's food. They can't have the two of them together. They can have either heating for the place or food and they try and ration it out. And in this day and age, I think that's unacceptable. Yeah. So I told them to go down to the food banks, you know, and I, I gave them, I rung the food banks, I gave them some details, and the food banks didn't have any food. They said, come back tomorrow. So this gave me the, the idea to go and set up a fundraiser, well, not the nomination thing, where I will nominate four people on, on social media, and then four people have got to nominate four extra, and it just spreads like wildfire, and that's the way it's gone. And yeah. it's very good, and the food banks are very happy. Um, my local food bank, uh, they're, they're, they're well stocked, fully stocked at the moment, and they're very thankful to the travelling community, and not just the travellers, the settled community. Yeah. Uh, involved in that and they you know they're showing their, their, their appreciation for that but the most important thing is we need it to spread a little bit further for the next couple of weeks just get the food banks up to level where they should be on a normal day not just through the pandemic and there's people out there that really need food there's kids out there that really need food there's, there was kids going to school with no food in the mornings there was kids coming back and the dinner wasn't there for them because it wasn't there it's not down to the parents smoking cigarettes or having a quick drink if the parents even stop that there still wouldn't be no food because the money is just not there. The cost of living, the bills, expenses, and food is in the, food is food should be the first. Food and clothing and heat, to me, should be the priorities. But in some people's lives, it's not. Yeah. How can people get um, getting involved with it? Because a lot of people watching want to help out as well. So how can people get involved in your organisation? Basically, they just should get up there and uh, you know we'll nominate them as bkwars.tv I'll nominate them for myself James Quinn McDonough and all they need to do is get up go to their local supermarket spend £20 get it on video take it down to the food bank post it and nominate four or five of their friends and the word spreads and make sure that the people that are nominating will actually do it because there's people that I nominated that said they would do it and they still haven't done it but I'm making sure to do it today Yeah. so then the people they need nominate which should be the people that they know will do it so it needs to spread and spread fast for the next couple of weeks at least yeah it's a good thing that you're doing especially speaking out about mental health and doing the homeless stuff and thank you very much it's good for the soul it is you know what honest to god it is and you know you can try and you probably sleep a little bit better at night knowing that if you try and do something you may you can't you can't save the world you can't help the world but what you can do if you help one person that person can help someone else and that love will spread yeah and that's where that's where it starts yeah. how was it james when your brother got to jail as well it's very it was very tough very tough yeah. in the family very tough on everyone involved anyone who was involved in that whole incident it was very, very, very hard and very tough. And to this day, it's very tough. And yeah. it's it's something that a lot of people has got to live with, but it's hard. To affect you, that... It affects everybody. Yes. As I said, it affects everybody in, in the whole situation. Mm -hmm. It's, um, to this day, you know, people are affected. Yeah. That would never go away, though. That would never go away, that yeah. kind of feeling. But no. It never goes away. You know, it's, it's always there. It's like when, it's like, um, you know, when my dad died, God rest him. He, he wasn't me, just my dad. He was my best, he was my best friend literally my best friend we we done everything together we were mates and 
to this day, talking about him, you know, the lump comes in the throat and you, you feel you feel the love for somebody and that's how I felt my dad. Yeah, when did your dad pass? He's just three years now. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, three years, hemorrhage, just passed away suddenly. But he was a, he was a type of person that I looked up to, you know, and loved him like a father, but also like a hero. That's what he was to me. Mm-hmm. Do you think your dad kept you on the straight and narrow then? 100%. To kind of, even though you've done what you've done? 100%. I'm nowhere near half as good as my dad right now, but only for him I'd be nothing. And that's been truthful. He was something that I loved, looked up to, and was glad to try and be like him. Yeah. He would have been proud of you, though, even though everything that you've achieved, Hopefully, brother, yeah. and you're trying to do good now and put good into the world. And that's that's what shows you kind of character you're on that, is why you're well-respected for what you do. Is You've proved your name. You've always stood your ground. When you decided enough was enough, that was that. I believe it was probably the, the words of your dad in your head that's not made you... Still fighting to this day, yeah. probably because you know the fucking misery and the pain I it do. causes. There's always a ripple effect where it just doesn't affect you, it affects everybody around you. Do you know what I mean? So it can be difficult. So you should be proud, especially yeah, with the documentary and all the, the stuff that you've done before your dad passed. They'll have seen all that. So you would have been proud, you know, yourself. You've got sons yourself. You only want to see them do good, Thank which is difficult. Much. What's the, the scar in your neck? The scar, this one here. Yeah. That was an injury. Um, I was in a, a nightclub in Dublin. Where we were um, socialising in the nightclub, we left a party and went to the nightclub, and um, one of our young lads, party family friend, wasn't connecting, was being abused on the dance floor over a lady, some mixed up with two men on the floor, as the men would fight over women, and um, he was surrounded by four or five bigger lads, which we didn't realise at the time they were ex-bouncer or not ex-bouncer. Uh, Bouncers on the night off from the club, and they they actually took into him and gave him a terrible beating. One little guy was about nine stone, and they really because they were the guys from the club and they were the big men. But uh, they didn't realise that there was a wedding party in the nightclub along the woods. There was about forty of us, and it didn't work out well for the four bouncers. Yeah. But in during that alteration, the one and put a bottle in my neck. Well, very close to it. Very close to it, and um, it was a it was a bad experience actually. A lot of blood, a lot of blood, and um, a lot of uh, a lot of pain. That not next to the artery. Yeah, very close, very close. Like when you know when you get this little sh- sh- from the heartbeat. Yeah. that's the way it was. So and, you nearly uh, died. Yeah, it was indeed. I, I I went unconscious. I rushed to the hospital. How old were you? That was about eighteen years ago. So just about thirty two, thirty three. Yeah. yeah, but they didn't like the same bouncers. You know, didn't realize that they they thought you know. One little kid to give him a bit of a beating and put him outside the door, but they got a shock of their lives when the whole nightclub stood up and was with him. They didn't realise that. Yeah, you know. So how does that when you look back of being shot, nearly killed, stabbed in the neck? Do you think, fuck me, I'm, I'm lucky, lucky to still be, be alive, here? Man. I'm lucky to be alive. This is why I try to I try to tell people, James, is to stay out of trouble, walk away from it as much as possible. Don't be the big man. You're a bigger man if you stand down and just walk away a little bit now and again. Because at the end of the day, you have, you have a couple of options. You go to prison, you go to the morgue, you go to hospital, or you go to, you go to, you go, you die, you go to bed. Why not just make take that decision and say, I'm going to go home. I wake up in my own bed, not in a prison cell, or not in a morgue, you know. Yeah. 
but you've lived the experience so when people you talk people will listen then because you're I, not well I hope to listen hopefully yeah. you know well not listen to everything I say because I do talk a lot of bullshit now <laughs> do, don't real me I, I do, do every episode I do, I do talk a lot of bullshit <laughs> and anyone listening to this will know that you know yeah. but in, in, in a serious note I think if they just listen to the older generation a little bit more they'll be getting on better in life. Yeah, but hindsight's always a, a wonderful thing. Like, I never listened to my dad because I thought I knew everything. But now looking back, he's not yeah. here. Everything he says was true. When you look back now, you realise little things come into your head. You say, you know what, my dad told me that years ago and I didn't do it. You know? yeah. And now you say, fuck, I should listen to that shit. Yeah. You know, I should listen to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to it. It's just for like you and your sons. You'll know because you've, led, you've lived that Try path. Try and beat it into their brains yeah. way, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just in there and out there. And yeah. Well, you can only do what you can it do. Is, you can only lead by example. So, going through everything, going through your life, brother, what's your plans for James Quinn going forward for the future? My plan this year is to kickstart this new new reality TV show and... Uh, BKWars.tv up and running should be up and running by March we are assigning 8 to 10 companies taking them in to a one umbrella under under the bra- the banner and they'll be promoting themselves but we'll be paying for all expenses we'll be paying for the finance of the, of the fight nights and we will be purchasing the footage for TV, TVWars.tv network what about the reality show? Is that a reality show about your life? The reality show on uh, the the drama will be based on the book and based on the documentary. Yeah. And that should be very interesting because I've sat down with them for hours and hours and hours and I've given them a lot, a lot of stories, good and bad, because you can't tell, you can't portray yourself as St. James when you're more like fucking someone down below, God forbid. Yeah. You know? You've got to tell the truth. So I've sat down with people, producers and that, and I've given them the good and bad, the rights and wrongs of my life. And they're going to put it in, in whatever way to do it. Whichever way they tell it, so be it. Because I, I've, I've, I don't want to be be seen to take the good parts out, the bad parts out, and leave all the good parts out. Oh, James Quinn is this. No, yeah. James Quinn can be a bollocks when he wants to be. And I want to people to see the type of life I had where the ups and downs are good and bad, what I've done wrong and what I'm trying to do right. Yeah, we can only learn from our mistakes. Like, no matter how well I do in life, people always dig up your past. Like, mm. as if you're shying away from it or hiding from it. You just you're want not, to live for the present I'll moment never shy and get into the future. Anything. I am what I am. I am who I am. You know, I just want now to people to understand that I've moved away from certain things and I'm trying to better myself, better my family's life, and do one or two good deeds a week for the community. Mm-hmm. So, that's all you can do that's all you can do is just to try to do the right thing but we're human beings we're going to make mistakes we're always going to fuck up and we will still make them yeah. we still make them every day it's, that's, that's our nature regardless of what community you're from it's our nature to make mistakes for the rest of our lives but we try and learn from them and move mm-hmm. on where do you look back at your life James what do you think in what way just in a few is there anything to change yeah. There's no, a lot no, there. see, I think change I, I, I hate that question because it's... No, you know, no, to be honest with you, I've learned from mistakes. Yeah. I'm still learning from my mistakes. Is there anything a change in life? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I've lived my life the way I wanted to live it. You know, I was my own person and I just think that, um, you know, I'm looking forward to this year. I really am looking forward to this year. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going happening and hopefully, you know, mentally, physically and financially, it'll be a rewarding year. Good. That's positives. That's all That's you it. can ask for in life. That's it, man. And it's um, 
for coming on today, brother, and telling your story. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you very much that. for having me. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure meeting you in person. Yeah, I genuinely am rooting for you, and I can't wait to see what you do for the future. I hope the film gets put into place in the, 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 the mini-series, because everybody, no matter, human beings are fucking weird. It's like fighting and violent cells, true crime cells. People want to see that shit. For anybody watching that's maybe struggling, James, though, that's maybe battling, um, what advice would you give for them? Anyone that... Um Anyone that's suffering from mental health or suicidal thoughts, my honest opinion is speak to a family member, speak to member of the, speak to anybody, speak to a friend, go, go speak to your doctor, go speak to you, just seek help. Because if you suffer it alone, it will never be right. You need to speak out and let people know what's in your head. Let people know what's gone wrong and let people help you fix it before it gets too far. Yeah. because you're not just hurting yourself you're hurting your family and your family is your life yeah perfect listen James for coming on today brother and, and telling your story I very much appreciate it thank you very much for having me on it's yeah. a pleasure Podcast Network.